Thank you, Bill Jones, and thanks to all of you in advance for your support of this stained glass restoration effort. Of course, if we hit our goal of $10,000, we won't stop there, we'll keep going. And some of you have looked at the window and said, I'm not sure I could find a place for it in my home. And our recommendation is you need to do a home renovation then to be able to accept the window. It's that important. And one other thing, we are doing lots of things today. We are ordaining and installing officers. We are celebrating the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, focusing on love and service. So even though justify is an important theological term, I could not justify talking about it today because our morning is going, as we've said, in a different direction, except to note that I predicted yesterday, with no advanced knowledge whatsoever, the Kentucky Derby winner, which might justify a mention this morning, especially if I had placed a bet on it and won and then able to contribute to the Chisholm stained glass window fund, but nonetheless, that won't be talked about today at all. Some of you were present yesterday afternoon in the chapel as we gathered for a memorial service to remember and to give thanks to God for the life of the Reverend Donald Roth. Don Roth, as many of you knew, engaged in a distinguished ministry over decades, serving in called church situations, and then later in his ministry in 22 interim pastor situations. That is, coming into a congregation at a point of transition and getting it ready to call the next pastor. 22. His ministry included serving on a school board and later as president of the school board in a community in Pennsylvania. And in the height of the civil rights conflict, serving in a church in southern Illinois, There would be days when Don would, in one moment, speak with members of the civil rights leadership in that community and then receive a call or a letter from a member of the Klan criticizing his work or his actions or his very presence. Now, the point of all that is not Don Roth. The point of all that is the gifts that God so clearly gave to Don to serve God for such a time as this. I've just completed teaching the polity course at the Divinity School. That's what we call church governance. And time after time after time in our book of order is the reminder that all of us are called. All of us are given gifts. That the criteria for being a Presbyterian isn't a fancy credential or a particular gift, but membership and baptism and a willingness to follow Jesus. We have in these past few weeks and in the weeks to come been engaged in Jesus' farewell discourse, they call it in the Gospel of John. And last week and this week as well, we are reminded how much we are loved by Jesus and how we are invited to abide in that love. That lovely word, abide, to dwell, to remain, to rely on, and at those points when we might wander, to return to that love that love that no water could ever quench. And then Jesus pivots after reminding us how much we are loved by him and by God. Because we are loved, we are called to love. This is my commandment, he says. 
my commandment, not a suggestion, not a maybe you can do it when you get around to it. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And then he continues, as the choir has reminded us, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then he promises that if we abide in that love, if we love one another, that love will bear fruit. Fruit that will feed a hurting and hungry world. What does that look like? For Don Roth, it looked like session meetings and hospital visits and marches and all the things ministers do. What will it look like for us, for you, for me? Some of you know the work of the Harvard psychiatrist Robert Coles, who has written many books, but whose book, The Call to Service, is an important one for us to reconnect with. In this book, Coles interviews numbers of people who have engaged in service in the secular world, in the religious world, in organizations and institutions. And he finds a Sunday school teacher a suburban Boston Protestant Sunday school teacher. And he invites that teacher to tell her story. Every so often, she says, she brings her classroom, her Sunday school classroom, into the city of Boston from the suburbs, where they have collected food and clothing, and they share it with those in need. And then she says an extraordinary thing. She says, it's selfish, I know. It's selfish. We are the obvious beneficiaries of all of this. So what she's saying is an extraordinary affirmation that those who give, those who share, those who offer of themselves or their resources, they receive so much more than ever could be offered. They are the beneficiaries and not the other way around. Now we know that, do we not? And thinking about Ned Green this week and so many of Ned's generation, Ned was an engineer. He knew how to make things happen and he applied in his retirement that engineering knowledge along with so many of you to make third church outreach work to figure out how to get people organized, to get things from one place to another. For Ned, it was the Christmas baskets in particular, but so many other things. Ned knew that by offering his time and his energy, his expertise, how much more did he receive? By sharing love, how much we receive love. That Boston Sunday school teacher said this to Robert Coles, this is who a Christian is. Someone who doesn't sit back and say, I go to church on Sundays, so I'm a Christian. But someone who remembers how Jesus lived and tries hard to follow his lead. Someone who remembers how Jesus lived and tries hard to follow his lead. Some of you will know the name Robert Greenleaf. Greenleaf rose through the ranks at AT&T and in his retirement wrote many books about the theme of servant leadership. 
and Greenleaf's corporate work, as well as his work with not-for-profits and churches and institutions and educational organizations, he insisted that the best leaders are the best servants, watching out not for themselves, but for those with whom they work, to listen, to be compassionate. Servant leadership, equating servanthood with those who lead, equating servanthood with love, servants and leaders who heal, who seek, who listen. Now, Greenleaf wasn't particularly religious. Later in his life, he became a practicing Quaker, and he reminded us that it's not about the gifts we have, the talents, the capacities, because all of us, whether in a corporate world or In this church on a day like today, all of us are gifted. All of us have something to offer, the common good. Our world, our city, our church, the institutions about which we care so much are hungry. Hungry for leadership, hungry for servanthood, hungry for love. In just a few moments, We do the second best thing we do all year after baptizing little babies. We ordain and install officers. It's an important moment in the life of this congregation. People will come forward. I often think the sanctuary is going to tip this way because so many people are at the lower steps. They will answer questions. Hands will be laid on them. Prayers will be offered. They are called and gifted persons that you have chosen to help lead us. And ordination sets them apart, but it does not set them above. It acknowledges particular work, but work that's no more important than any of the work to which we are called. And as those ordinations and installation prayers are offered, I'm grateful today that we will frame that work at this table at this table where we are all guests, at this table where we remember what John Calvin said some 500 years ago, the Lord has given us a table at which to feast, not an altar on which a victim is to be offered. God has not consecrated priests to make sacrifice, but servants to distribute the sacred feast. Servants to distribute the sacred feast. Envision what that would look like for you to be a servant distributing a sacred feast. Claim that calling regardless of your age, regardless of your ability, regardless of whether you're going to be an elder or a deacon or trustee or, heaven forbid, even a minister. Envision your calling. See yourself distributing this sacred feast For some of us, it will be administration and organization, serving on a committee, caring for this building. For some of us, it will be cooking for rain or cleaning tables or washing dishes. For some of us, it will be marching and protesting because there is so much to protest at this moment. For some of us, it will be singing or visiting For some of us it will be this, and some of us it will be that. But for all of us, claiming and using the gifts God has given us, 
and remembering who Jesus is. That is our commandment. It will be sustained by this simple meal of bread and cup so that we are nourished to do the things God calls us to do, to serve and to lead, to distribute the sacred feast in whatever form that takes to a broken and hungry world, because Jesus loves us, and then he calls us his friends, and then he empowers us to serve, and that service is love. Amen.